Welcome back to Cosas de la Vida, previously known as Psicología para la Gente. I did a little name change because I can, and, <laughs> you know, I just, I just was feeling this one more. I feel like there's more things I want to talk about than just psychology. Like, sometimes I just want to talk about random shit that has to do with life, so... Cosas de la vida, things about life, is more fitting. So, today, I have a special guest with me. Yes, she's joined by her brother, Julio. Yes, yeah. Julio's in this bitch. I'm in the stew. In the studio. Okay. Julio and I are going to be talking about imposter syndrome today. Some of you might have experienced having those imposter feelings. It's a pretty common feeling to have and it's sometimes misunderstood. It's sometimes not even something that we're aware of until like way after we've gone through those feelings. So I think it's definitely an important topic to discuss because you don't want to be playing yourself. That's the worst thing you can do. Like, why would you play yourself? You're on your own team. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> you gotta help yourself, not sabotage yourself. And that's all the imposter syndrome really does in the end. It just sabotages yourself. So let's talk about it. Okay. What is the imposter syndrome? For context, for those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's a phenomenon that occurs amongst high achievers who are unable to internalize and accept their success. So they'll say their accomplishments are due to luck rather than to ability and fear that others will eventually unmask them as a fraud. Unmask them as a fraud. That's the key there. You have to... Feel that fear of being unmasked. Key between self-doubt, right? Yes. Okay. Key between self-doubt. I've taught him well. But we all feel self-doubt about certain things, certain decisions. But, you know, that's normal. That's just a feeling that it's not harmful, I should say, rather than normal. Because okay. who is to say what normal is? Right. Self-doubt, it's it's not harmful. It's a little uncomfortable, but really... It's not self-sabotage. Right, like yeah. it's not something that's really going to lead to sabotage unless it's accompanied by that fear, right? Because then once you have that fear, like you'll do anything to not have that fear come true. We spend so much of our lives doing that, like just trying to avoid these fears yeah. that are not even real from coming true. Mm-hmm. That was a revelation there. A Live. <laughs> <laughs> so imposter syndrome is one of those health concerns that most people don't really talk about. Um, that goes for a lot of the other mental health concerns as well, right? Like most people don't talk about how they're depressed. Most people don't talk about how they have a bipolar personality disorder. Most people don't talk about how they were suicidal at one point. And that's just 
because of many reasons. Imposter syndrome is one of the concerns that people don't talk about because that's part of the experience, right? That's part of the feelings. You have that fear, like we were saying, you're afraid that you're going to be found out, that you're going to be caught. So the actual symptoms of the mental health issue, because it's not technically an illness, but it's it's an issue. The actual symptoms of it, the description of it, is what stops people from talking. Okay, Julia. So you're here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Have you ever felt these imposter feelings? Fear of being discovered as, like, an actual failure instead yeah. of, like, some successful person. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I guess so. Maybe, like, my sophomore year. But, like, it was just because, like, I got my first B. So it was just like, (laughs) oh, my God, who am I? You know what I mean? I was just like, damn, like, if I'm not this straight-A student, then, like, what am I going to do? And the same day that, like, our second semester final reports had come out, I got a phone call. And my friend was like, Julio, like, what did you end with in pre-calc? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, uh, are they out yet? And then she was like, yeah, check school loop. And so I went on and I ended with like an 88. And I was like, B plus girl. She was like, aw, A. And I was oh, like, okay, wow. well, yeah. And then that's when I felt like a failure. And that summer I was like, who am I? Coco's <laughs> <laughs> over your story. Right. <laughs> And that made you feel like a failure. Yeah, and then I went to my junior year, like, oh my god, like, this might just be my worst year yet. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, because it's super hard. So what was the result of... Oh, I kind of just, like, stopped. Well, it's not that I stopped caring completely about school, but it was just, like, I had, like, less, I guess, of, like, an expectation from people. Not that, like, I even had it, but, like... From other people, but, like, of myself. Like, I just expected less, I guess. Which isn't good on my part. So, did you stop trying? Um. Like, were you trying before? Was I trying? I was trying way more than I did. Like, I was more involved. Okay. I would, like... I would be, like, ahead of the game. After you were feeling like a failure, you stopped doing all that. Yeah, like, I wasn't, like, looking ahead on the schedule. I was, like... Oh, like, I'll just be on pace with the class. Like, that's whatever. And, like, I just stopped going, like, beyond what was necessary. Hmm. Interesting. So, Julio <laughs> felt like an imposter <laughs> because he got a B. Yeah, and it unraveled, like, everything. I was like, oh, my it, God. It was a breakthrough there. It, it made him question things he had never had to question before. Mm-hmm. So, that was his experience What are some other factors that can lead someone to feel like an imposter? Growing up in, like, a family that's placed a big emphasis on achievement now. And, like, having parents who send you mixed messages, like, they're either, like, overpraising you or criticizing you too much. And then that would, like, lead into your fraudulent feelings, like, later on in life. As well as being a minority, you know? Us as minorities, we're taught that we need to work twice as hard if we want to be half as good. And even though it's to, like, emphasize the importance of work, it leaves us feeling that, like, our efforts aren't enough or, like, they'll never be enough. 
Mm-hmm. And then building off on that, like you can talk about like affirmative action, how like some minorities even feel like accomplishments weren't based on their own merits, but like because of sympathy from others. Right. Those are all facts. Yeah. So since you've experienced this imposter syndrome before, do you relate to any of these? Yeah. Wouldn't you say the same? Yeah. We we have the same family. father. Yeah. <laughs> the same family. We grew up in the same family. Bob she would, like, for sure was yeah. like you have to be great or you're fucking disowned. <laughs> you yeah. didn't say that, but that's how you fucking felt. It was insinuated. But, right. Yeah, he did always, especially for me, it was always like, oh, good job, but do better. Like, there was always a but. A but. No, yeah. my mom wasn't like that. She would just be like, oh, like, congrats. Like, mm-hmm. good. That's it. Yeah, and it was always just like the bads were talked about way more than the goods. So yeah. then it just would get to the point where, like, that's all you can focus on is mm-hmm. the bads. And I guess these are pretty accurate In our one-person study, we found out these are accurate. Yep. On top of all these family matters, there's also society, right? Society plays a role in this common imposter syndrome as well because we feel so pressured, like, here I go. (laughs) Here I go, talking about (laughs) capitalism. capitalism that's something that must always be said capitalism is a huge problem because it puts this pressure on us as people to achieve right we measure people by how much they can produce by what they can do for us by what they can contribute and it's not like it doesn't even stop there we take it to the point where these contributions are not good enough unless they're on this like fucking global grandiose level like, how many times have you heard, you know, someone proud of their little achievement and then someone else is like, oh, but so-and-so helped these many people or, you know, that's cute. Talk to me when you're making this much money. Oh, my or- God, like, on Twitter when people post, like, there's this one tweet where it's, like, my first big girl purchase and it's, like, this girl and a yes! selfie with her car and everybody was, like... That's one ugly ass car, like. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's you know that type of shit. Like it puts pressure on you. Like mm-hmm. fuck, I can't just be proud of me. Like I have to live up to these fucking great, like the best. Like it always has to be the best yeah. based on, based on what? Like bullshit capitalism. Because why is that the best? <laughs> like what's the best for you is not the best for everybody fucking else. Exactly. So capitalism sucks. And it leads to confusion between, you know, what approval means, what love means, what worthiness means. Like, you start to, you don't feel worthy unless you're achieving, unless you're contributing, unless you're making a lot of money, Mm. unless you have a lot of fancy shit. Yeah. And that's dangerous, because then... You know, you're confused about approval, love, worthiness. Right, Coco. There's so many people out there that don't love themselves. Might be because there's some confusion (laughs) between (laughs) approval, love, and worthiness. Mm. So fuck capitalism again. Then there's this fucking pressure to be perfect, right? 
perfectionism. It's all over the place. We scroll down Instagram, see these perfect-looking women. Well, wouldn't that connect to capitalism? Because, like, even if you're scrolling through Instagram and you see these IG models, those IG models are, like, a product, you can say, in, like, a market. And then, like... Yeah. If they're selling something like clothing from, like, Pretty Little Thing or, Mm -hmm. like, Fashion Nova, then Mm -hmm. that can lead to more clients, more sales. Yeah, right? Yeah. So disconnect. We've made people into fucking products. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Damn. I mean, how many times do we critique ourselves do we critique other people for the dumbest shit like oh her outfit's cute but uh, look at those shoes are dirty mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh but uh, look at those, right like what okay it's called fucking hair like what it's ridiculous it's exhausting mm-hmm. and not you know to come of surprise but perfectionism and imposter syndrome they go hand in hand when we think that every task we have to tackle needs to be perfectly done, that can kind of drive us a little crazy, right? Some people will procrastinate as a result of having these imposter feelings. They'll put an assignment off until the last minute out of fear that they won't be able to complete that assignment to the necessary standards that's something that actually I found out that I did like I would really just avoid doing work until the last minute out of this fear that like if I took my time with it it you know wouldn't be good enough or it was just like a safety net like well if I get a bad grade then at least I can blame it on the fact that I didn't work on it for too long right like oh I just did it last minute whatever um So, yeah, that's one way that people that feel these imposter feelings can behave. Um, Another way is they can actually over-prepare. They can, you know, these are those people that spend, like, two fucking weeks preparing for a presentation or a month studying for a test or, I don't know, like, ridiculous amounts of time on tasks. So, yeah, those who... um, have experienced imposter syndrome are actually also very familiar with perfectionism and they rarely ask for help because one, they don't want to be found out as a fraud, right? Mm -hmm. We've said that and if they're asking for help then it's in their mind, it's like what, you can't do that? You know? Imposter phenomenon is very common among people and even more so in those in those who are embarking on a new endeavor. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because new endeavors are scary. I mean, they're something we've never Done experienced. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes, you know, if you already have that fear of like, fuck, I'm not good enough, and people are going to find out, then it's definitely going to arise when you have to do something new. Mm-hmm. What's the most recent new thing you did that you can remember feeling? Impostery. Impostery? Yeah, that's a word. Mm. I just made it up. I don't know. I feel like I've been pretty raw recently. Like, even with my most, like, recent Instagram post, it was literally on Instagram camera, and I was like, boop, boop. <laughs> and I took two pictures and posted them. Like, it was pretty quick. I don't wow. think that was very... The bravery. Right. Oh, my. And then I went back to eating my Pokeball. So oh, wow. Like, 
Yeah, and it was in the car. Unbothered. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. No imposter feelings here. Not recently. All right, good. I guess I'm kind of feeling impostery right now. Just with work, I, I recently got a promotion, and mm. the other day I found myself having these feelings like, ah, oh, what if I can't do this? What if I'm not good enough? They're going to find out that I'm not good enough. Like, they're going to think I was never good at my job at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, impostery feelings. Like we said earlier, it's normal to doubt yourself, especially when you're doing something you've never done before. You don't know if you can do it. You've never done it before. It's normal to think about those what ifs. What if I can't? But it's also good to be able to to be able to counter that with, well, what if I can? Yeah. There's light and there's shadow. You must know how to use both. That's not how I... Th- I think of, like, Newton's third law, where it's, like, every reaction has, like, an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Okay, fucking <laughs> Einstein over here. So what divides self-doubt from the imposter feelings is that when it's simply self-doubt, you don't have that fear eating you alive, that fear of being... Discovered. discovered as a fraud as a fraud of being told wow you really didn't have what it takes <laughs> right of people knowing that so even when these people are succeeding they still have trouble believing that they're worthy they instead will say oh well i just got lucky or oh it was just easy they'll never congratulate themselves or praise themselves or admit that it was their hard work that got them whatever it is they accomplished, that it was their knowledge, that it was their expertise. They're always downplaying their achievements because of that fear of being read. So ultimately, the imposter phenomenon becomes a cycle You feel this fear that you're going to be discovered as a fraud, which oftentimes comes to you in the form of anxiety. Um, Then you go through hoops to do a project perfectly. Then you succeed and you begin to believe that all that anxiety and the effort you put in paid off um eventually you kind of develop these superstitious beliefs where you don't think you can succeed at anything unless you complete this cycle that you've yourself created due to these feelings of being an imposter do you think you've ever found yourself in a cycle like that Um, maybe, like, back in the day, but I don't even really have, like, a vivid memory of when I was, like, oh, wow. I need to keep doing this. Or not, like, of recognizing a cycle. I mean, when I really realized that I was suffering from imposter syndrome was, I guess, once I got to college. To Davis? Yeah, and Mm. you're just 
you know, you feel like you don't belong. Like you're like these, like the factors we talked about earlier, right? You're a minority. You're from the household where like people praise and criticize you all day. More so criticize. Right. And then you're with these people who, you know, like their parents actually spoke English. (laughs) Their parents had an education Uh here. Their parents were able to provide things for them that our parents couldn't. And you just really start to get those feelings of, fuck, do I really belong here? You know, as a minority, like, your experiences are different. Because at first, like, you go to college and, you know, they talk in a very scholarly way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you grow up as a minority, you don't normally talk in that way. Yeah. You kind of save that for when you are at school, when you are in that academic setting. But most of the time, you're just speaking normally. Like, you're using very, you know, basic casual. language, casual language. Um whatever you want to call it. So then you get into this environment and you're just like, fuck, like, I don't fucking talk like this. And it's like, you know, what the hell? At first you do kind of feel like, oh shit, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. But then eventually when you start really listening to what they're talking about. It's bullshit. It's like... Sometimes it's bullshit, but for what did it for me where I was like, okay, you know, like I do, I, I'm not an imposter. Like I know what the fuck I'm talking about, even if I'm not talking about it in this professional academic way. It was when I realized that the things they were studying were things that I had experienced firsthand things that most Uh, minorities experience firsthand and they're studying those things and they're conducting studies where people who've had those experiences are giving them the answers so these scholarly academic people are getting their knowledge from us, the minorities who've experienced this shit. So how are you gonna tell me I'm an imposter? Like, I can't be, I'm the original. Yeah. That's. I read something just like that in my book. I'll leave it when I'm done, but. Oh yeah? yeah. Basically the basis of this book, it's a dramatic study in comparative humanity. So mm-hmm. this black vet was saying that like white people basically, they don't, well, it just starts off as like things about life, such things as most peasants and folk peoples almost always know through experience, though seldom through conscious thoughts. So like basically exactly what you just said. Yeah. And that's, you know, partly because Again, capitalism, like those minorities, those, what did he call peasants, he said? Yeah, common folk. Oh, common folk. He said both of it. <laughs> like, damn, I went straight peasants. <laughs> right, Coco, rude. Um, the common folk, they're too busy fucking experiencing, fucking figuring out how to get out of this shit they're experiencing to sit there and consciously think about it you know mm-hmm. it's not until like years later when you're like fuck i've been through some shit and you start like <laughs> reflecting and you're like oh wow like that's a lot 
and yeah, that's, you know, that's what I realized in my undergraduate education. It was like, okay, wow, everything they're talking about, I've experienced. So even though it's common, it's something that tends to fly under the radar a lot. And like we were just saying, you don't really realize what you've experienced until after. This is something that people are not aware of until after they've kind of healed from it, I guess. Usually the people that are affected by the imposter feelings don't even realize that they could be living differently, that they don't have to feel anxious and fearful all the time. They just, you know, you get stuck in that cycle like we were talking about, and that's all that you start to know, your mind, right? It keeps feeding off of what you're thinking about. So if that's it, where your mind goes immediately to these fear and anxious feelings, and that's all, it's going to keep cycling in there. But it is something that you can educate yourself on and you can go about differently. You can live a different way. You can you try... Break the cycle. Yeah, you can break the cycle. That's right. So how? How do you break this cycle? How do you stop feeling like a phony? How do you learn to enjoy your accomplishments? The first thing is you have to change your thinking. This is the most important thing because, like I said, you know, your thoughts are a chain reaction. So you really have to reframe the way that you think about your achievements. You have to actively challenge those superstitious beliefs that fuel that cycle that we were talking about. So the best way to do this, since those feelings are so deep in our mind, is to take baby steps. So if you're one of those people that tends to procrastinate as a result of these imposter feelings, you can try a different approach, like... Instead of waiting for the night before to complete an assignment, you can schedule an hour here and there, the week leading up to the due date. That way you give yourself more time and it's spread out. If you're one of those overachievers, you can try, you know, spending maybe eight hours preparing for a short presentation instead of ten. Maybe you can... Let someone read a draft that you haven't edited three times already. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Those are all great ways to change your thinking. Another way to stop feeling like a fake is to talk to your mentors. Uh, Mentors should be supportive. They should be encouraging. A lot of people, after talking to their mentors will feel that those imposter feelings are normal and they'll stop beating themselves up about them so much and they'll also realize that those imposter feelings are irrational and eventually they'll let them be a thing of the past. Do you have mentors? Mm, No. No. Wait, you, right? I call you. I could be a mentor. Yeah. You're supportive. You encourage me. Mm. There you go. I'm a mentor, guys. Yep. Another thing you want to do to get rid of these pesky imposter feelings 
is to recognize your own expertise. A lot of people tend to look for those who are more experienced whenever they need some type of guidance or help or whatever it is. And, you know, that makes sense. Like, I don't know how to do this, so let me find someone who's more experienced. But another thing that makes you really recognize your your expertise that people don't do enough of is teaching. Teaching someone else really makes you aware of your knowledge. Okay. So have you ever taught, like, your brother something? Joe? Maybe something on the computer, yeah. And then after you taught it, what, what did you think? Were you like, oh, wow, I really know how to do that? No, I was like, oh, that was pretty quick. Like, I thought it would take longer to, like, teach Joe. But. <laughs> oh, my gosh! Why are you coming for Joe like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> he just wants to throw shade. So I'll tell you all about my experience. Oh, my gosh. Um... So while I was in college, I got a job as a tutor. And tutoring those kids, teaching them, it just made me realize how much I know. And that's what teaching someone can do. So if you're really struggling with recognizing your own expertise about a subject, go teach it go talk about it to anyone younger than you anyone who you think might not have that same knowledge and you'll realize like oh wow I really do know this like I'm teaching it to someone you know and they're asking me questions about it and I'm answering them and wow it's just Mm -hmm. you know when you're teaching someone younger than you you kind of that little fear of like oh this person knows more than me kind of leaves yeah Yeah. and so you just it turns into this like conversation like I don't know about you guys but when I'm talking to kids it's just everything just flows like so naturally like I'm just like oh like yeah it's kids are something they really make you feel safe to be yourself yeah they do Protect the kids. So another way to stop feeling like you don't belong is to remember what you do well. Um, how do you do this? Well, you can make a realistic assessment of your own abilities, right? Because you know what you're good at, you know what you're not good at, so you just have to be willing to sit down and really be honest with yourself. And it's okay to not be good at something. You know, this goes back to this perfectionism, like we don't want to do anything that we're not fucking good at, or we don't want to admit the things that we're not good at. Like, why? Who cares? We all have areas that we're smart in. We all have areas that we're not so smart in. Like, that's normal. We're humans. We're not fucking robots. We're not gonna be able to do everything that you can do on this earth perfectly. Being honest with yourself about what you're good at and what you still need to work on can help you recognize what you're doing well already 
and where you need to improve, right? If it's an activity or a goal that you really want to achieve, then sure, do the work to improve. If it's something that you really don't care to master, then move on with your life. Like, don't beat yourself over it. There's yeah. some people that really, like, start to hate themselves because they can't do something. And it's like, well, do you even, like, have an interest in doing that? <laughs> so try and focus on what you do well. Instead of what you can't do. Uh, like, half glass full? Yes, glass half full. Nice. And then piggybacking off that, you should also be able to celebrate things that you do, even if they weren't perfect, even if they didn't turn out exactly how you imagined in your head. You still... Accomplished it. Right. You still did it. You still put in the effort. You still worked for it. That deserves... Recognition. Yes. Mm -hmm. Celebrate yourself. <laughs> so basically, just focus on personal progress and growth instead of comparing yourself to others or to the self that you imagine in your head. That's how you beat the imposter syndrome. Were you familiar with the imposter syndrome? Mm, I think I've, like, just seen it scrolling, but, like, no, I'm not really, like, I wasn't as familiar as I was before today. You didn't know what it was, really? No, not really. I mean, like, you can guess, like, what it means to be an imposter, right? right. And then, like, build from that, but, like, I didn't have anything concrete to go off of. Mm. Well, at least I know that I have taught my protege something today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hopefully I taught all of you beautiful people listening to me something too. Um, if you're having these feelings of being an imposter, get, get to the root. Yes. Get to the root and beat those feelings. Mm -hmm. Break the cycle. Break the fucking cycle. All the cycles, not just the imposter cycle. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for tuning in once again. And I will be back in two weeks to Ooh. teach you guys more shit. Perfect. <laughs> Toodaloo. Okay, ciao.